What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the First Bite Podcast, our pride of Detroit preview podcast for the regular season. It's called First Bite because it's a nice little bite-sized podcast, and it's also a preview podcast where we talk to uh, someone from the opposing side, someone from the side of the opponent that the Detroit Lions are facing. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the managing editor of prideofdetroit.com, and with me as a co-host today is Kent Lee Platt at MathBomb. Kent, how are you doing today? Great, man. Glad to be on. Thanks for joining us kind of on short notice, filling in. Uh, but also, we have a very special guest this week. Uh, like I said, we like to get someone from the opposing side of the views. And obviously, it's week one, Lions versus Cardinals. So we have a the former NFL tight end who actually spent a little bit of time with the Lions and current host of the Believe in the Cardinals podcast, Ed Smith, joins us. Ed, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jeremy. Great to be on. Great to hear you too, Kent. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm very excited to you. I'm very excited about week one of the regular season about this Cardinals game. Um, and I want to go straight to you and, and talk about this Cardinals. Cause I feel like they've had a pretty unique off season. Um, they, they fired Steve Wilkes after one year, they, they trade Josh Rosen. And then obviously they go for kind of a big name hire with Cliff Kingsbury and, and, Ky- and then draft Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. What are your kind of thoughts on them blowing it all up after just one year of Steve Wilkes? Well, you know, Jeremy, that shows you how bad, that last year was, you know, anytime yeah. you go get a first year head coach and you draft a quarterback in the first round and still have the results they did. And then it's that bad where you go out and repeat the process less than one year later, you go get a brand new first year head coach and then draft another quarterback, not just in the first round, but first overall pick, you know, and looking back, I think Wilkes was a little over his head in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, great coordinator. I don't think he was ready for that head coaching role. As far as Rosen, I think he got a, a little bit of a, uh, an unfair shake. You know, it was one of those situations where yeah. he was playing in front of one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen personally with a bad, <laughs> you know, uh, offensive scheme, everything. So it was just one of those situations where, you know, he got, a, I think he got a bad rap, but here we are. It's like deja vu all over again. First year head coach, uh, first uh, year rookie quarterback. So we'll see how we get things kicked off here against the Lions on Sunday. What's what's the fans overall view of that? Because obviously, I mean, the Cardinals are, are kind of a long struggling franchise. They had a little bit of success in the middle of the 2000s. But like the Lions, I have to imagine a move like that can be a little bit frustrating. I mean, Doing something like that can set a franchise back a little bit. You know, it, it it's now year two of a, a first year rebuild. Are our fans behind this move? Are they are they supporting Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kyler Murley? Or are they a little bit curious and, and nervous? I guess of, of starting all over again. Yeah, I think it's that curious nervousness, and everybody's yeah. got their fingers crossed that we're 
you know, not walking down that plank again. And, you know, thus far here through the preseason, it's a lot of, I guess, kind of holding your breath because Clint Kingsbury and Murray, uh, by design, they did not show us anything in terms of the offense, you know, sputtered a little bit. Uh, the first team didn't put any touchdowns on the board mm-hmm. in the four games, didn't actually even play in the fourth game. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of waiting to see, you know, this big, it's almost like, Christmas Eve, we're waiting for that. You know, we're going to open the presents on Sunday. We're going to see what we get. And, you know, we're hoping that it's a lot of great things and not that cold that Santa can put in the stockings when, when you haven't had, you know, been had your best behavior. So until Sunday, you know, we've been doing a lot of interviews and things like that out here. Until Sunday, we literally just don't know what we're going to get or what we're going to see. And the fans are the same way. And the, the, the and you, you can attest, well, it's different in Detroit. Out here in Arizona, Fans, if you're not putting a good product on the field, they will. They are not afraid to sell their tickets or just not show up. So that's the thing I'm worried about. If we don't get yeah. off to a good start, how much support this team is going to have? And I tell everybody, I've been preaching all offseason. You got to have patience with this. I know they've branded Kingsbury as a genius, but even geniuses need that. I guess that little time to to gather their thoughts and plans and everything. So if people are thinking to come out here and like the uh, NFL on fire just because he's been branded and, you know, we've got all these expectations. It could be a make for a long 16 uh, week schedule out here. It's great when you get excited, you know, we, we've, we've had went through so many different phases as lions fans of dealing with, you know, the team's been bad and then they were starting to get good and then they were bad again. You know, it's, yeah. you start to get excited about those little things. But my question is, if 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 they only gave a one year le- le- year le- uh, leash to Steve Wilkes, how how big of a leash do you think that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are going to get before fans start calling for it? And you said they 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 don't have as long of a leash as far as the fans are concerned. But how long, yeah. if they don't have success in year one, do you think the fans are going to start to jump ship? And when do you think the organization is going to start to get worried? Well, I think out of sheer embarrassment, the Cardinals organization wouldn't do anything. Like he's got at least two, possibly three years, meaning Kingsbury to prove himself and show that we're heading in the right direction out here, they would they would be a laughing stock if after this season, no matter how bad it goes, if also now, hey, we're going to fire a head coach and we don't believe in Kyler Murray as well. So I think both of them will, you know, and, and quite honestly, I think they deserve at least that. I think it was so evident that Wilkes wasn't the guy that, you know, even though they were calling for his head, I was still a little – like I kept thinking, there's no way they can do that. They only he's only had that yeah. job for one year, but because it was so bad and it didn't look like it was going to improve in any, you know, no matter how much time you gave him, they pulled the trigger with Kingsbury. A lot of expectations. Uh, I think they're going to give him at least a couple years. The you know whether it looks good from the start or you know my thing is I don't care how many games they win this year. I want to see improvement in their uh, the culture in the locker room, the play on the field, you know, get some of that nastiness, different things. I want to see that trajectory of, hey, we're not, maybe don't have the best record, but you can tell these guys are inching forward and we're making progress and one day we're going to get there. But if it's one of those things where it's just bad from the beginning and everybody, meaning coaches and players, look like they have that deer in the headlight look, man, like I said, it could be, it could get nasty because the fans will revolt after here, particularly because all of our teams out here are struggling. We need something, you know, <laughs> to give us some some yeah. some feel good. You know, the best we have is right. our Diamondbacks who are right around five hundred, but that's not even going to do it. 
we we, right. we can relate on that end <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. Detroit sports struggling. Um, but that kind of leads into my my next question. Um, what are your expectations for year one of this uh, this era, especially on offense? Um, as, as someone who's obviously been in the NFL, how long do you expect it to take for this offense to click? And obviously, we have to wait and see whether the air raid even works in the NFL. But in terms of just implementing an offense, especially with the rookie quarterback. How long do you think it's going to take before this looks like a, a good product? My, my vision is at least for the second half of the season. The first mm-hmm. eight games are some of it's going to be trial and error. Um, I didn't like the philosophy of, hey, let's keep it really vanilla <clears throat> during the off, you know, during the preseason because mm-hmm. we don't want everybody to see what we're going to do. The simple fact is you need to be working on everything you possibly can. I don't care how much you show because after that first week, everybody's got it on tape. Everybody's going to right. be able to look at it and see exactly what you're doing. So it's not like you can show it and pull it and put it behind the you know, the, the curtain and we're just, we're going to just keep doing that. Once you put it on film, everybody's going to see it. I didn't like the fact that they like just dumbed it down. Hey, we're we're not going to show anything because all you're doing, in my opinion, is stunning the growth of, you know, that offensive line getting cohesion, Murray finding his sweet spots, finding those plays, those plays that work great for David Johnson, the one, the, the pace. That's the other thing. With this air raid, is supposed to be wide open. We're going to be, you know, almost like a run and shoot or a run and gun, yeah. you know, uh, offense in the NBA. But you haven't even shown that. And one of the things I kept noticing, though, even during the preseason, they were running the clock down to 10, 8, you know, 7, 6, 5, just like everybody else is. If this was, you know, if you had a philosophy, I said, I just hate the fact they're going to roll it out here in the first week. And it could be one of those situations where, you know, now we're, halfway through the season and guys are starting to get more comfortable, but the winds aren't there. Or, right. you know, maybe there's more heat on Kingsbury and he starts, you know, maybe hitting that panic button and doing things that he normally wouldn't do. So uh, I think it's going to take some time. I hope everybody's patient. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on them uh, around the league because every, nobody likes that new guy coming in wanting to, you know, beat his chest and so everybody, you know, I got this because everybody's going to give the Cardinals their best shot, if nothing else, just to so that this, you know, new thing isn't what it's all cracked up to be. Right. So you mentioned the offensive line issues that they had last year, and we've seen air raid offenses work in college, even without very strong offensive lines. And some of them even have pretty bad offensive lines, but the offense is still able to keep churning and keep moving because of that tempo and that speed. Do you think that the Cardinals did enough during the off season to, to fix that offensive line? Or do you think that just the scheme itself will help mitigate some of that in the NFL? I don't think they shored up the line enough. I think they waited till later rounds to even pick an offensive lineman or two. Didn't make any splashes in free agency. And the other, yeah, you bring up a great point about that air raid in the college game. In most instances, the team that's running it now, a lot of times it can be evenly matched. But a lot of times, there it looks so uh, dominating because the other team is simply just better than the other team. They have better athletes on that side of the ball in the NFL. There are no, I mean, you can't take weekends. You guys know you covered the, the sport. I played it. Every team has somebody who is, who was the best on their college team, the, you know, all pros, the, the speed of the game, the tempo of the game can be matched by the, the speed on the other side, meaning there's already been a couple of plays that I've seen during the preseason where Kyler in a normal situation would have scrambled out and been able to get around the corner and he'd have been 30, 40 yards up the field. In the NFL, those guys close on you. And you got all defensive linemen that are just as quick, you know, like in the in that box in terms of 
not maybe catching you off the field, but if they have you in that box, they can get upfield and, and close on you. And that's one of the things. Like I said, we're, we're yet to see how this is going to work. And I'm not going to even lie and say I'm not a little nervous because I, at this level, there's been a whole lot of attempts at these gimmicky offenses to revolutionize the game. And we've seen them come and we've seen them go. Everybody remembers the, you know, the everything when, when, uh, um, the, the, what's the one everybody was using for a little while? The Wildcat? The, the Wildcat, yeah. yeah. That was supposed to revolutionize. revolution. Pat White. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How fast did that come and go? <laughs> what does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we've talked a lot about the offense. Now let's let's move it over the defensive side of the ball, because I think that was really an underrated unit last year. They were actually one of the best pass defenses in the league last year. Uh, Our expectations still high in in 2019. Obviously, they go out and hire Vance Joseph, a a pretty well-respected defensive coordinator. Um, Are are, our expectations still high in Arizona on that side of the ball? Um, for me, not until game seven when we get Patrick Peterson back. That is a yeah. huge loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my worries are that they're not going to be able to get enough. And even in this first game against the uh, Lions, my worries are that the front line is not going to be able to, I guess, put enough pressure uh, on opposing quarterbacks. And if they have enough time to sit back there and pick off that young, inexperienced uh, secondary, we're going to be able for some long afternoons. The other thing is that worried me this preseason we got gas for some runs, and I mean first and second team, even against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, Cook chips off an 85-yard touchdown like mm-hmm. it was just a practice drill, you know. So we've we've seen that. We've seen these guys, um, you know, get beaten in the secondary. The other thing that I'm a little concerned about is with the air raid offense, if they get going really fast and they're not keeping the ball away from the opposing offense and saying we have a bunch of three and outs, we all know, especially early in the season, fatigue sets in. Yeah, ridiculously. And these guys, our defense, just like last year, and I think you guys might have, anybody who studied them, they they really faltered late in games. And I think a lot of it was because the offense was doing absolutely nothing. And by the end of the day, they were on the field for you know 80 plays. And you just can't have that. You got to spell your defense a little bit. And I worry that if we're going to have this fast pace and it's not clicking and we're three and out and punting or turning the ball over, that defense will get drained fast. But like I said, my biggest concern is the fact that for the first six, we don't have Patrick Peterson, the leader out there. We did add T-Sizzle. So we'll see what he can bring in terms of getting the guys, you know, fired up and maybe showing some leadership. But, you know, like I said, it, and with, you know, with Vance coming in, we'll, we'll see how his scheme works. I mean, the good thing is they went back to the 3-4 from the 4-3. I don't think that fit them at all last year. <laughs> so we're back in comfort zone. 
And uh, hopefully, you know, that'll spell at least a little relief for that uh, offense, keeping keeping them uh, fresh on the field. All right, we're uh, we're going to move into the matchups portion of of our podcast because we're wrapping up here. We want to make sure okay. to get you out here in time. Um, let's let's talk about that secondary. You mentioned the Patrick Peters uh, suspension. Um, obviously, there's also Robert Alford. Your guys' big free agent signing goes on IR, unfortunately. Um, how how good does Byron Murphy? Or, I'm sorry, Byron Smith look, and, and and how how do you see that matchup playing out with uh, the Lions? Somewhat talented receivers in, uh, in Kenny Galladay and, and Marvin Jones. Well, I'm, I'm hoping this new style, because I've, I've been doing my research too, the Lions are kind of moving toward hopefully uh, more of a run-based offense. Uh, I'm hoping that's the right. case because some of our young talent in the secondary, the ones you mentioned, and some will be filling in in unfamiliar spots because of the loss of Peterson and others in that secondary they they're they're definitely going to be taxed in terms of uh, you know I'm, like I said I'm hoping the run game is emphasized on the Detroit, Detroit side of the ball because if they start throwing it around and we're not getting pressure they could be getting deep be, get get beating beaten deep and in front of them and it could make for a long afternoon for the Arizona Cardinals. That was one of the things that we've seen with Detroit is that they they put such a heavy emphasis on the run game that it's interesting to see how they're going to deal with a defense that's got that depleted secondary because, you know, Daryl Bevel likes to throw deep. That's one of the things he's liked to mm-hmm. do in, in previous stops. So maybe they will start pulling it out and start having Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay running deep right, right off the bat. You know, you can only stick to the run game so much and it's, it's, it looks pretty appetizing to look at Patrick Peterson, and Robert Alford <laughs> out on the field. You know, that's, that seems like that's a pretty easy tell of the Lions to just got, start airing it out early. That was exactly what I was thinking too, in terms of how do you come in here and see that wounded animal, you know, <laughs> and not want to go after him. Right. And, you know, I, I know the emphasis. I was really curious. And I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin, because I was curious how long they would stick with that game plan. You know, obviously, if it's not if the run isn't working right away, then you have to go to Plan B. But it, it might be so tempting looking back there and seeing that depleted secondary that oh, we just got to throw it. So it'll be interesting if they stick to their guns or if they go back to old school, let uh, Matt Stafford just sling it around 40 or 50 times. And then I think the other maybe key matchup and, and we already kind of alluded it to um, what's the Cardinals offensive line and, and the the concerns there on the Arizona side, you look at Detroit side of the ball, that might be their strongest unit on the team. Obviously bringing in Mike Daniels this off season, bringing in Trey flowers this season. They're both working their way back from an injury, but it seems like they're trending to play. Um, is there any way, Ed, that you see the Cardinals kind of mitigating the damage here this week? I sure hope so, Jeremy, because <laughs> it could be a long day for Kyler Murray if that offensive line doesn't hold up. And maybe they do have some tricks up their sleeve. I always look at talent levels. I know it's schemes mm-hmm. that everybody gets involved in, but you got to have those guys, the talent up front to match. I don't care what scheme you put together if you're getting run over. And I think you guys have – you guys got snacks last year too, didn't you? From yep, the Giants. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I mean, he's licking his chops. They're looking at they've been looking at <laughs> tape and and probably thinking, man, we're about ready to feast. And it could be a feast. Uh, at the same time, like I said, I'm holding out hope that you know maybe these short passes. Uh, another thing that we should keep an eye on is something I've been watching. All the Arizona Cardinals offense has been very horizontal. I mean, they've been attacking mm-hmm. outside, outside, outside. I have not seen anything up the middle of the field, meaning deep or with tight ends. So maybe that's one of the things they've been holding back and maybe they'll surprise, uh, you know, Detroit with that. But if they're planning to run the ball, 
one thing we're going to have to get is we're going to hit get uh, David Johnson a little more fierce and a lot less tentative. He's not, for me at least, he hasn't looked like that dude that we had here a few years ago, pro bowler, earned him that big salary and everything. Um, big test ahead, though, trying to run through that the, the, the Lions front, and uh, we'll see how it all works out. But I'm, I'm, I'm praying for the best. I don't want to see that young man get hurt out there early. All right, let's uh, let's close things up with uh, our prediction segment, which we call One Thing We Think We Know, where it doesn't have to be necessarily a prediction for who wins, who loses, although if you want to go that route, you can. But it's just one thing that you look at this matchup, you look at this game, and you're, you're positive about something's going to happen, whether it's, you know, Matthew Stafford throwing four touchdowns or, or David Johnson running for two. Uh, I'll start with you, Kent. What's the one thing you think you know about this week one matchup? I mentioned it a little bit earlier with Daryl Bevel, but I think I, I think the Lions are going to get at least five touchdowns in the air. I think they're going to wow. go full wow. bore, man. I think they're going to go <laughs> full bore. Uh, I think they're all going to be uh, 15 yards or more. They're not going to do anything in the red zone. It's going to all be through the air, big passes, going deep and trying to do stuff with Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. And then their, their outlet, of course, is going to be Danny Amendola. Uh, but with with TJ Hawkinson in there as well, I think they're going to try to go deep as as early and often as they can, and then use that run game to finish out the second half of the game. Wow, kicking things off with a bold prediction, I love it, that, uh, that Ed. Uh, yeah, that is very bold. Ed, what's the one thing you think you know about the Cardinals Lions matchup this Sunday? I think right out of the box, the Arizona offense is going to look very sloppy because of the lack of, I guess, uh, work during the preseason. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, you know, eventually I think they might get it together. But right out the box, I think it's going to look sloppy. Um, Kingsbury is going to have to make some adjustments. As far as, you know, the other part is I have no idea. Like, I should know what the offense is going to look like. I have no idea. I don't think anybody else does as well. Everybody will get it on tape and then we'll move from there. As far as a prediction, I'll throw one out there if you like. I'm, I'm, I think the Lions are going to – I know the home dude. I'm so sad that Homer – I love going on, but I think Lions, I'm not going to say five touchdowns. Like, like Kent, that's, that's old right there. Uh, I'm going to I'm say, usually the pessimist. Can you tell? Is that right? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say I had it picked at about a 24, 20 game. Uh, okay. Lions, Lions pulling it out. I'm not sure with their new philosophy of running more. I don't know how right. wide open they're going to get it, but like Kent said, maybe they just see it and they can't hold it back and they just like, let it all go. All right, and the one thing I think I know is I think the Lions are going to have at least three sacks in this game, which didn't happen all that much last year. I think mm. the the matchup is too good for them, and I'm really excited to see this defensive line finally all together because we didn't get to see them during the preseason all together. I think it's all going to come together, and, and there's just too much talent on that line to, to not take advantage of that lineup. All right, so that's going to do it with our podcast. Um, before we go, Ed, um, promote yourself. Where can uh, the people find you? Because I think it was a great chat, and they'd love to probably hear more from you. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Um, I'm on the Believe with the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast out here. I also do a radio show on NBC Sports Radio, 1060 AM, KDUS, uh, 10 to 12 every Saturday. Um, and like I said, you can also check it out online if you go to NBC Sports Radio and look up 1060 AM. So great to be on with you guys. I look forward to a good game. Uh, not so not supposed to be a great game, but <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Uh, who comes out on top? And anytime you guys need me, man, just let me know. Really uh, great talking to you both and uh, look forward to fo- real football here. And uh, we're actually by tomorrow and then full slate on Sunday. 
Yes, Great sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for dropping by, Ed. I really do appreciate you. And I appreciate you all for listening as well. We will catch you Monday morning with reactions from the game on the regular POD cast. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.